Welcome back to Weird in a Bad Way. We have book club this week. Um, and the book we read this month was Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. Uh, we were having a little bit of te- technical difficulty setting this up, so hopefully it all works out, but we're going to try our best. Uh, I'll start with a little synopsis, and then we'll get into the discussion. Are you ready? Okay. Chemist Elizabeth Zott is not your average woman. In fact, Elizabeth Zott would be the first to point out that there is no such thing as an average woman. But it's the early 1960s, and her all-male team at Hastings Research Institute takes a very unscientific view of equality. Except for one, Calvin Evans, the lonely, brilliant, Nobel Prize-nominated grudge holder who falls in love with, of all things, her mind. True chemistry results. But like science, life is unpredictable, which is why a few years later, Elizabeth Zott finds herself not only a single mother, but the reluctant, reluctant star of America's most beloved cooking show, Supper at Six. Elizabeth's unusual approach to cooking, for example, combined one tablespoon acidic acid with a pinch of sodium chloride, proves revolutionary. But as her follow, following grows, not everyone is happy. Because as it turns out, Elizabeth Zott isn't just teaching women to cook. She's daring them to change the status quo. Laugh out loud funny, shrewdly observant, and studded with a dazzling cast of supporting characters, Lessons in Chemistry isn't as original and vibrant as its protagonist. Alright. I have a list of questions that kind of go through the book, 14 of them. And they are written by Heather Caliendo uh, on bookclubchat.com. So shout out to Heather. Um, but before we get into that, uh, you can go ahead and uh, say any initial thoughts if you would like. Otherwise, we will do our overall thoughts at the end, too, with a rating after the question. But do you have any initial thoughts, Jane? Um, yes. Initial thought. Too long. What? The book was too long. Yes. Okay. That That's, that's it? Well, I felt like... What I'll say is I feel like there was a lot of foreshadowing. Almost too much foreshadowing. Hmm. It made the ending kind of boring for me personally. And it was too long. I finished the book. Well, we'll get into this. But anyways, uh, you got any thoughts, Rose, or no? Should we just go into the questions? I love this book. Yeah, same. I really liked it. Um, It is pretty long, no. It's pretty boring? I'll give you that. Or long. What did you say? Long. Oh, yeah, it is pretty long, but I still was loving it. All right, so first question is, what is your overall impression of Elizabeth as a protagonist? Why was chemistry the right choice or right career choice for her? Well, she likes things that are factual and black black or white. She doesn't like the gray, it feels like. Mm -hmm. Um. What I'll say, my first 
Or something that I noticed about her, though, was at least how she was portrayed, is she was portrayed both as someone who had experienced a lot of things, so she understood a lot of things um, about society and culture and the dynamics between men and women, and she was well aware of the Im- impact of it. However, she was also many times portrayed as naive mm-hmm. for the way that she did things, so I was like, I don't, like, those are kind of contrasting like character traits, but... Yeah. Um, I think that 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 even like internal battle between her knowledge of of her situation in the 1960s of being a woman in that field and then the other side of just her passion for that field. There was like some internal conflict, you know. Where, like, she knew what she was capable of, but she also knew the uh, confines of what what was going on there, you know? But I see what you're saying. (laughs) Why are you looking at me like that? Well, I was just waiting for you to finish that sentence. I did. Yeah, and then I was thinking maybe Rose would jump in. Oh, um. I gotta say, I'm gonna be doing limited jumping because I haven't read this book in about a year. Oh right. All right. That's and right. I wanted to reread it for the book club so that I could jump in more, but I did not get my hold from the library in time. Hmm. Uh, I'll go to the next question though. Okay. She enters a male-dominated field, and it's a constant uphill battle. Have you ever worked in a field like that and or been in a similar type of situation? Could you relate to what Elizabeth went through? Yes. Every day. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, I definitely feel like like that's a very... I think that in something that I've even like explain to Owen on more than one occasion working as like a leader at work and like being in management and whatever is that there are so many like little and like people call them like 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 microaggression type things where with like sexism that it's like it's not like blatantly someone's like you can't do that because you're a woman it's like just the little things that really build up like that I feel like it was more blatant when this the in the setting of the book mm-hmm. um but I still feel like there's like daily things that it's like okay I get like either it's like a joke that is made that is like has a sexist undertone or it's being cut off in conversations or I say something and it's just completely disregarded completely and not listened to and then this a, a male says the exact same thing as me and suddenly they're like oh my gosh how smart are you yeah, I feel like, but it's the like big, little things. Oh, yeah, I feel like the biggest thing that I've heard from you is just like observations of how you are being treated differently than than your peers for no apparent reason other than that you're not a man. Mhm. Yeah. So, uh I 
obviously am a man, so it's not as relatable on like sexism front. Um, but I still thought that this book better than maybe any book I've ever read gave a good uh, viewpoint for a male to like look through a, a lens of a, of a woman in a sexist uh, field or just in society in general. Um, I don't know why I felt like that. I just felt like the writing style was really well uh, in that it didn't feel at all. Like, I feel like sometimes you'll read stuff as a man and I consider myself a feminist, but you still will read stuff as a man and feel like it's almost attacking all men. Um, where this, I never felt like that at all. It literally just felt like you were, it would, did a good job of like putting you in her shoes. I don't know. I just thought it was wonderful writing. Um, next question. How did her unusual upbringing and relationship with her parents impact how she approached relationships as an adult? Um, I can I can go for that if you want. I think her relationship was... But, but her parents were like... What were they doing? One of them killed people and is in prison and the other one moved out of the country to avoid taxes and started a new life. Oh, yeah. He killed them. Trying to was... perform a miracle. Yeah, trying to, like, scare them into buying his thing about that they're going to go to hell unless they re repent and follow his ways, right? Something like that. I don't really know. Anyways, I think that because of that that she couldn't really trust her parents and saw that they were kind of frauds she had trouble trusting other people like especially you see that with the beginning of her and Calvin's relationship uh, even though she's like drawn to him she doesn't want to be at first like she doesn't want to feel safe around him uh, and whatnot and then even like later on when she's uh, finally getting to know her neighbor that she's lived by for like years now at this point that she didn't know at all up until like she needed help from her uh, because I think she was just like doing her own thing and didn't really try to make rela relationships be partly because of, of how she was treated as a kid and was kind of on her own as a kid your thoughts? Are you that was it? Okay yeah thought you were going to say something else. Um, I don't know how... I would say it was actually interesting how she got into a relationship as... Not easily, but, like, as she did with Calvin. Yeah, what do you mean by that? Well, and I feel like a lot of her, like, apprehensiveness was more so toward, like, being looked at as someone who was just sleeping with him to get ahead as a woman hmm. and she didn't want to be seen as that and she wanted people to like respect her but it didn't feel like she was maybe i'm forgetting to the beginning of the book but i didn't feel like she was super like apprehensive toward calvin 
Yeah, for I a relationship. Think, I don't think she was super apprehensive, I guess, but I do remember parts of like they were both like trying to not act like they liked each other for a while. And like, do you remember that part? Yeah, but it didn't seem like it was like it felt more like I don't like it almost felt more like she was like self-preserving wanted to keep it professional I guess yeah and because she didn't think that he liked her necessarily yeah. and he didn't think that she liked him necessarily because of the way that they both they like met each other was so was like actually not good mm-hmm. like and he, maybe yeah I agree with what you're saying maybe the the neighbor was a better example of like she'd been around that person forever and never tried to make a relationship mm-hmm. she's very independent i think yeah yeah and that probably stems from the lack of parenthood i think the lack of her religion and like belief in that like or disbelief in that type of stuff thomas like is greatly impacted because of her dad yeah yeah or was there because of how what he did for a living um, Kelvin perfo- proposes, but Elizabeth says no. What was her reasoning behind? Oh, what was her reasoning for turning down the proposal? She didn't want to be seen as she didn't want her work and her accomplishments to be overlooked by Evan's name. Mm-hmm. Because I, ma- getting married mean, means people assumed you were like they basically just said, "Miss like Mrs. Calvin Evans." Which yeah. is a ridiculous thing when you say that out loud. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And it's like, it's even... Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I, I thought it was really good, too, how th- then he started to get kind of upset about that. And she kind of flipped it on his head. Like, well, think about it as if, like, you took my name. And he was like, no, I would never do that. And she's like, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. And he was like, well, that's just, that's just not the way things are. And it, she was just like, why is that not the way thing? You know what I mean? Like she mentioned many a times how, or she pointed out many a times the like societal and cultural things that people stick to, mm-hmm. even though they're not logical. Mm-hmm. And they don't even, they're not even backed by science. Like, some of the stuff, like, women are inferior. It's just not true. Like, we are both humans. Yeah. And I thought the the rowing part of the book, she gets really into rowing. And, and it seems like she actually is quite exceptional at it. Uh, and I think they lean into some of the stuff that, that women are better than men at. Like, pain tolerance and stuff like that. Uh, to kind of show that, like, there's all these perceptions that aren't necessarily even true, but people are just accepting. Yeah, I absolutely loved the doctor. The, the He was an obstetrician. What is it? Is that the word? OBGYN, whatever. And he did a bunch of, he does labor and delivery. And so he immediately was like, oh, yeah, I've seen what women can do. Yeah. I know they're capable. Because he was and a rower like, too, right? He yeah, was he was a rower. In, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's the one who was like, come back, I'll see you in a year and we'll row after you, after, like, she gave birth. Mm-hmm. 
and how much she did. I like how they talked about how much she did while pregnant. Like she built a lab, was erging every day or rowing Mm -hmm. at home every day, was working like it. And that's what women do now too. It's like, you don't just become pregnant and are instantly incapable. Like women are so much stronger than that. Mm -hmm. Even though it's already so hard to be pregnant. Mm -hmm. Why do you suspect the author decided to include the viewpoint of their dog? This was He's one thing. to be hating on the dog. I'm not a hater of the dog. <laughs> I think it's an interesting. I think it's an interesting plot point. I think that part of it was just because it provides an alternate perspective from a different species. So it was kind of interesting how he was like, yeah, like how he was picking up on humans and looking at their life from a dog perspective. Like, kind of almost puts it into into perspective for humans. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I feel like that was the biggest reason that, that the author would include that. Was like, it was kind of like a perspective that was completely independent from humans. So it's like taking away like the inherent Bias. human biases. And, yeah. And just being like, wait, why are we all like have these like sexist biases towards women and I absolutely adored the fact that he was naming people the time that he met them or whatever, because that was how they named him. Yes. Like he was like, okay, that's how we do things as humans. Yeah. All right. 45 or whatever it was. Yeah. There was some funny parts. The the dog, dog, if you haven't read the book, the dog's name is 630 because that's what time he would wake up. He'd wake Elizabeth up or whatever. Maybe. No, I think it's because that's when they found him. That's when they found him. 630. Okay. But yeah, I uh, what I will say is, if you watch the show, uh-huh. I something that started right before I stopped watching the show because I stopped so I could read the book first is they include the dog talking, but it, he he's not actually talking out loud, but it's like a voice over. Mm-hmm. I something was sitting wrong with me. I was like, what is this? <laughs> Yeah. I might like it more now that I know like everything, I've but read it. yeah. Um, let's talk about Kelvin's death and how that changed everything for Elizabeth. I absolutely hated this part, and I still hate it. Just because it was so tragic, or what? I felt like it was sad. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like it, and I wish it hadn't happened. Yeah. Um, but I think that it if it didn't happen, the book wouldn't be the same, obviously. You know, like, I think a big part of it becomes, like, all of a sudden, he's not there. And so all the sudden she at her own company becomes unreputable like or doesn't have a good reputation anymore um and like gets demoted to like a lab tech and has to leave to do the the tv show because she can make more money being on a cooking show than her actual job that she's good at um and so it brings up all that and then being a single mother and and 
Uh, but yes, it is very sad. I. It's nice that the at the very end it comes around and and it is a somewhat happy ending. No, it felt but, like a sad ending. But it is still. <laughs> I don't always like happy endings, and I like that it's still somewhat sad. Because of that. Like, if everything turns up daisies, it's like, okay, this isn't real life, you know? I just feel like they already had so much tragedy. Yeah, but... I don't know. Uh, when Elizabeth finds out she's pregnant, she's less than thrilled. She never planned to become a mother, and with Kelvin's death, she's now all alone to raise their child. In what ways did motherhood surprise Elizabeth? She was learning something from the baby, and the baby was learning from her. She said that, I think. Or it, yeah. it said that in the book somewhere. I think so. Um, um, well, I think yeah, she realized I... that... I think that the interesting part was when she talked to Harriet when she was struggling. And Harriet was like, we all struggle. We all want our kids to like go away sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, it's normal to be exhausted and to be and not feel like it's rewarding at first mm-hmm. and to have moments where you're just like I don't want any of this anymore and mm-hmm. she like seemed so confused like that's why I'm like she is so smart and so logical and yet so naive in certain aspects so it's like oh I'm I'm this is normal which I think is interesting to just be like yeah not everyone knows what is not everyone fully understands everything. Mm-hmm. So she got to learn something from someone who hadn't, had had kids already. Uh, the story features a great supporting cast from the neighbor, Harriet, who eventually becomes like an extended family member, to Elizabeth's producer, Walter, who becomes her best friend. Who was your favorite supporting character and why? You know what I realized I really wanted to happen? What? I wanted her to get with the the priest. What's his name? Um that starts the know. W. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I don't know what his name was, but I feel like that was in the site. That was in sight. Maybe. Um, but I feel like my favorite supporting character was Madeline mad? Yeah, I. The daughter. I like Mad too. She was pretty good. She kind of reminded me of Owen Meany in like the fact that it, she was like a genius child. Yeah. That just had like such an interesting perspective of being super smart at a young age and super perspective. Per- perceptive. There's the word I was looking for. Um, yeah. I also yeah I think it was. Because she is being, like, her parent is not perpetuating the cultural stereotypes that other kids and other adults are. Yeah. So she's just growing up from the beginning of life knowing that she can do whatever she wants. She's intelligent. She's worth whatever she, whatever, you know, she's worth it and she has value to contribute. And she's also really smart because she was, you know... Her parents are both really smart scientists and whatever. So she's constantly just like, I'm not, like, she doesn't just sit there and go, okay, I'll play along. I think she kind of understands that, but she doesn't 
take to it because she's like, and then like her like teacher. Her... Yeah, and her relationship with Harriet is kind of funny too, because like Harriet and her actual mom are kind of like her two parents, like two people parenting her. Yeah. And so like, and Harriet is very like within the status quo, you know, and so her perspective, like their relationship's kind of funny because Mads sometimes is just like, "What are you talking about?" Like, yeah. Um. I just the teacher, like the, the teacher where she was like, she doesn't, she likes doing things that are more suited for boys. Like she wants to be a safety patrol. And only boys do that. And her mom's like, <laughs> "Excuse you." And I'm yeah. just like, Mad's probably just like, "What do you mean I can't do this?" <laughs> like that just, I love that. Why did Elizabeth eventually leave the cooking show? Oh, oh, oh! Sorry, I skipped one. Why did Elizabeth agree to the cooking show? Why did the show resonate with women across the country? She agreed because it paid big bucks. Yeah. And because she wanted to do something that would empower women. And it it did empower women. And that's why so many women liked it because they felt capable. Yeah. And I, she was teaching them a lot. I mean, that's why the book's called Lessons in Chemistry. She was cooking, but through a chemistry perspective. Uh, but then not only that, she was like challenging women to kind of leave the status quo and and do whatever they once dreamed of doing, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought that the ways that she was able to do that on the show uh, were really unique and that was fun to read. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I like that part of it. Um, why did she eventually leave the cooking show? To recommit herself to her research in abiogenesis. She yeah. was studying the beginning of life, how life was created. And I think that she... Um, yeah, because I think, isn't it kind of like she talked herself, like she was telling all these women to recommit, but mm-hmm. she wasn't doing it herself. So she was like, I gotta recommit to what mm-hmm. I feel like I'm here to do. And because after, so she was interviewed by this reporter and then the magazine printed out this article that included all these interviews from people in her life that like my least favorite supporting characters, like her old boss and, um, you know, the school she went to where she was not able to get her PhD because of a sexual assault situation that she was basically blamed for, even though she was clearly not in the wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it made, it painted her in such a bad light and she was so depressed and feeling so awful. And she kind of, I think realized like, you know, I just probably should do the thing that I want to do, which is, chemistry Mm -hmm. because that's what makes me happy and i'm so upset about people not thinking i'm a chemist while i'm also not following what i want to do and being a chemist Mm -hmm. not that her show was like a bad thing i think she was crushing it and it was important and i feel like too the i liked how she took the show and took like how she kind of said during each episode like what you are doing is 
important work to all of the women that are watching, that are cooking dinner for their families, that are housewives, that are overlooked by their husbands because they don't have a job in, you know, quotations or whatever. Um, but they are literally like the glue to their family. They're driving life. They're feeding children that are growing to be the next generation. Like they're doing all this stuff. So it is important work and it's not easy. It's difficult work. Mm-hmm. So it was like taking the stereotype and being like, you think that this is weak? You think that this is not important? Let me just tell you something, you know? Mm-hmm. So I liked it a lot. I was like, that's lit. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was lit. Because for the uh, women that do choose to be a housewife or a stay-at-home mom, it is not like a negative like, that's a very important thing to do, and very, like, that is a sacrifice, and that is a lot of work. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts about the reveal that Kelvin's real-life mother was the one behind the funds to Elizabeth's scientific research? What do you think about the ending overall? What happens next for Elizabeth? Okay, this is where the I was a little bit like, this is my negative people. It was so clear that that was what it was. From like malt, like early on in the book, it was like, I don't know. I got, I, I feel like that was something that it, they foreshadowed so hard that it was almost disappointing at the end that that was I real. I thought that it, that it wasn't her, but it was the dude that was his dad. Yeah, but I, at some point for sure, I remember that it, like thinking it's not him, but it is his mom because they didn't just foreshadow that they didn't just talk about the guy donating the money, but they also had the letters from the mom and they kept referencing her, the sad mother that kept writing him saying that and saying she was the only one not asking for money, but Mm -hmm. saying she wanted to give him money. Mm -hmm. So those two together, I felt like I knew that was the ending and I was just disappointed that it was like almost too clear. Yeah. I, I didn't, like, I definitely thought that that's the way it was headed, but I wasn't annoyed by it. Sometimes I kind of like it when it's, like, just easy enough to figure out that then you feel like you're, like, one step ahead, like, putting the pieces together. Sometimes I like that even more than, like, I'm completely shocked, because then I feel like, ooh, I'm figuring it out. Yes, I but I didn't. Though, I like, felt like it was too easy to figure out. And maybe you're like, okay, can we get to that reveal? Because yeah. I want to know how then it actually sorts out afterwards once that is revealed. Yeah, but it kind of... It's taking forever to get there. Yeah, because, again, it, when they kept referencing the letters, and they had said early on, like, oh, it was the only one, the only fake letter that wasn't asking for money but offering it, and coupled with the whole story about the guy, it was like, I mean, even if I didn't like, fully know exactly what it was, it was like, come on, just say that already. Yeah. I mean, Plus, I, I don't... felt... I felt like it was such a disappointing plot for the mom to have never even met him. Hmm. Like, I felt like that was just annoying, too. Like, I get... And here's me with books. Here's me with anything. I hate feeling overwhelmingly frustrated with characters. When there are certain characters that have zero redeemable qualities, it just irritates me on to no end. You don't think the mom had any... Re- I didn't say that. Oh, who are you talking about? The guy, the priest or whatever, 
at the boys' home that lied about him being like he oh. so clearly could have changed the way Calvin's life could have happened, and it would have. Yes, he might he might not have met Elizabeth, but it still probably would have been for the better. Mm-hmm. And that's a fact that I just get irritated thinking about. So the fact that they've referenced it so many times and that it didn't even result in like it just irritated me. Yeah. Uh, did you feel like you learned any lessons or anything else from reading this novel? Do you have any favorite passages or scenes you would like to discuss? Uh, I loved the book, and there's a couple of things that it that it made me think about. I thought that the the priest, not the one Jane was just talking about, but the one that ha- was a pen pal with with uh, Kelvin. Kelvin. And ended up having a relationship with the daughter, Mad, later on. Um, was a really interesting character. And, like, when they, when him and Mad whispered to each other, like, two secrets, and Mad's was, like, something... We were told what Mad's was right away, I think. And it was, like, something really not that consequential. And then... Uh, his was that he doesn't even believe in, in God anymore. And I thought that was really interesting. And he also, uh, at one point brought up, like, it's interesting that religion is based on faith. Like, that's what most people think. But faith, if you look into it, isn't actually really based on religion. Mad said that. Okay. And or so Elizabeth. Just, one of the two. Yeah, their discussion on that I thought was interesting. Uh, and thinking about like faith without religion. And not saying that I'm not religious, but I do find that the church and religion, organized religion, has quite a few weird things going on with it. And so just having a faith in something with separate from religion, I thought was a cool like lesson that didn't really need to be in this book, but I liked that it was in this book. Uh, Another thing that I really made me think about was I'm thinking about this is the sixties and I didn't have, um, like I didn't necessarily have uh, a view of this at all, but it made me think about what my gram, my grandmas, both of them, specifically because I knew Grandma Nancy a little bit more. I was thinking about her and like her going through this time period growing up, and I knew that she was a brilliant woman who could have done all sorts of things. Uh, and I wonder how kind of what was being talked about in this book affected her and what she like, even in today's time, what she would have become and could have done. Uh, and I think I talked to dad about it a little bit because he obviously would have had a better perspective of that because he knew her at that time. Uh, and just like, I think even if her self-confidence was higher because she and like kind of like what Elizabeth was talking to these women about about recommitting and stuff and not saying that that she was 
that it's her fault that she wasn't com- like recommitting. But it's just interesting. Like you think about how, all the ways that she was probably held back and Graham McKay too, probably. Um, but just two women that I've heard wonderful stories about, but then looking at it through the lens of this book and you're just like, wow, it's even more unbelievable what they were able to accomplish. And then to think, man, what could they have accomplished? Uh, that makes you a little sad. But in a way, it's good that we're moving in the right direction with it, but I still think we got a long way to go. It's yeah, not, but there's no equality yet. But. but then you think how frustrating it is that we so recently overturned Roe v. Wade and what yeah. a step back that is for women. It's just yeah. irritating. It's irritating no, I agree. on many levels. But anyways, I... it made me think about my grandma's. I don't know, I like that part of it too because I don't really think about them that often because I didn't really know either of them too well. Just because I was really young when they were both still alive or with it. Go ahead, Jane. Okay, thanks. Um, what did I just think? Oh, yeah, what I was going to say when you were talking about the faith part of it is there was a part near the ending of the book that said something along the lines of, and I think it was probably what you were talking about or close to it, but almost like faith or religion gives people an excuse that to like nothing that they are doing is impacting what happens in life, that they are just a part of this plan that this is how it's going to happen type of thing. Mm -hmm. When you do have a choice and there right. are things you can do to make things better for yourself and others that it happened just because. And I'm not saying, again, that I don't believe that there is, you know, something higher or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or that there is a plan for you, but. Yeah, but even it... that, I don't. It That is tricky, though, because how much. At least there, there's. I've heard people saying like, "Oh, everything happens for a reason." Or God has a plan, whatever. But I've also, I also believe in the fact that God gave us free will for a reason. Yeah. Because He didn't want to control us, and He didn't want that. Like He didn't want to be in like a dictator who just decided how everything was going to go. Like we have free will. We are our our own beings, and we can choose whatever life path we want to choose. Yeah. In a lot of ways, right? So I think that was an interesting point in the book to discuss or to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, what else was I going to say about this? I feel like there was plots that I would have preferred went into more than than what the ending was. Like, I don't, I feel like I didn't like how long they dredged out the whole mom thing and the whole... Calvin's like I feel like we could have talked about that in a chapter sorted it out more and then more delved into like the actual lives in the future and I liked the first the priest that wasn't even that didn't even believe in God anymore I feel like him and his story and how he he and like Elizabeth 
once they met, I feel like that could have been an interesting plot point to, like, know more about. Yeah. Like, even if they didn't end up dating or whatever, like, just their discourse was more interesting, I felt like, than... It just felt like it was... uh, To me, to me personally, it felt disappointing. Okay. I still liked the book. I just felt like... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, There's always parts of me, like, at the end of a book that I really liked, where it's like, oh, I wish I could see Mad grow up more and, and... got to see that or no but got not to that see more of you know what i mean but um, even delving more into like walter because yeah. he was a he was a very complex character in the terms of he was right and i wanted under- to see more of that but at some point the book has to end no but that's not that's not what i'm saying yeah i get what you're saying you you wanted more of walter instead of what the book had at yes the end. So that's um, the book still has to end, but you can still want, wish it had played out, or focused on something else. Yeah. Anyways, uh, let's wrap this up. I'm gonna give this book a nine point three out of ten. I think it might be in my top five books of all time that I've ever read. Uh, I loved how it made me think. I loved how it had so many parts of it that really had me engaged uh like like the cooking show the daughter i thought that kelvin and her relationship when that was going on was really engaging i like the rowing part of it i like the walter part of it i like the priest part of it at the yeah end. you yeah. liked it all so, dude it was just a fire book top five books i've ever read if you haven't read it and you're listening to this we just spoiled the whole book but you still gotta read it it's amazing 9.3 9.3 out of 10 i'm giving it a seven okay i feel like i could okay you got to say all that go ahead i thought you you were done nope i wasn't i feel like i could have read maybe three-fourths of the book and been more satisfied than if i read full the full book there was a part when she ended the last episode of Supper at Six. I feel like that was enough. That could have been a perfect ending. If we had wrapped up the mom thing earlier. Because I think you needed to know that. But I feel like it was drawn out and the ending itself was like way less satisfying than the end scene of that show. Yeah. That's fair. W- one last thing that I wanted to add was one of the, the things that I liked that I learned out of it was the recommit thing. That was epic as well. Like, even as, not only for women, but for everyone, let's recommit to our dreams again. You know? That was fire. So everyone out there, go ahead and recommit if, you, <laughs> if you're willing and able. If you're uncommitted, if you already have the commitment going, good job. Oh, I, I think everyone has stuff they can recommit to. You don't have a single dream. I didn't say I didn't, Owen. Okay. So don't say I don't. I didn't say I don't. Some people have already recommitted. You can't recommit to every single little thing you think of, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's fair. All right, Rose, what do you got? Well, when I first read this book, I gave it five out of five. 
because Goodreads ranks out of five stars. Nice. So I would expand that to 10 out of 10, but I'm sure there was something that wasn't perfect about it. Mm-hmm. So I'll give it nine out of 10 because I don't have a clear enough memory to identify what those things were. But I really love this book. Yeah. Like this is one of those books that I would passionately display a huge poster of the book cover on my wall. <laughs> like a framed poster. What are the other books you would do that for? The top five. Probably like A Prayer for Own Meanie. You um, said the top five as if we know the top five. I don't. I don't even know the top five. But there's like there's a list of books that I have up there. A prayer for all meanings. What? Okay. The here's what I'll say. That was if you're then, looking, this is now, if you're looking for maybe, a book that is long and is worth the read, <laughs> Owen Meany. A prayer for Owen Meany is. I think a prayer for Owen Meany is astronomically better than this book. I disagree. I fully feel like that's true because I feel like the intricacy in which everything tied together was way more powerful and impactful and also not as obvious, which, and, it, and in the way in which it was subtle, but also clear at the end was the beauty in it, where it was like, I felt accomplished and satisfied at the end of that book. Whereas this book, I felt like, yeah, I just I feel like Owen that could have been done better. has a more satisfying ending. Which to me- I agree. Overall, I would say is a much better book, especially for how long this book was. If this book was shorter, I might have given it a better review because I feel like it was just almost like I could have stopped reading and not cared. Okay. That's just my opinion. All right. And that's it for book club this month. We have not decided the book for next month, but hopefully we will have that for you next episode. Let's get into our normal discussion. Uh, We'll try and do this kind of quick because the book club went a little long this week. As it should with (laughs) maybe the best book I've read in the last decade. Um, No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Decade? (laughs) You were reading all those other top five books when you were 12? (laughs) No, but this is maybe better than all of those. Um... (laughs) Over the weekend, my parents and Jane came down for my birthday. My birthday was on Friday. Rose is sad that she wasn't here, but the good thing is I will be seeing Rose soon. A couple weeks for Christmas. Uh, but, yeah, it was absolutely epic to have them here. Uh, we went to Bentonville on Saturday, and I we rented an e-bike for Jane to ride, and we all shredded absolutely shredded the mountain bike trails i'm very proud of jane and that cannot be understated uh for how she really committed to it and and continued to grow throughout the day and never gave up even after it started raining uh it was really fun to see her do that and see her somewhat enjoy it at parts um i think Yeah, I am really proud of her, and I think not everyone could have done what she did, like, at her level going into that and then just committing to it and and not being too afraid to fall and hurt her knee. And I was going to say, I fell many times, which is why it was kind of like, why haven't you quit yet? 
because I fell no, so many no. times. I wasn't saying why hurts. haven't you quit, but no, I'm I'm saying for me, it was yeah. like that's why he's been proud. It's not just like I did something that I didn't really want to do. No, no, yeah, exactly. So that was epic, and then Sunday, uh, we all spent a bunch of money, which was kind of epic, but also kind of weird. I, I didn't I, spend uh, that much money. Oh, I spent well, a me, very yeah. reasonable amount of money for me. You me guys spent parents, a lot of money. Yeah, I bought a new iPhone uh, because my you phone. You did? Yeah, my phone is like really struggling. Um, so I got a new one. It's coming in the mail tomorrow. And I'm trading in the Dang. phone I have, so I'm sending that one back in. Uh, but um, so I bought that on Sunday online, and then we went to Going Going Gone, where Jane bought what did you get there? A jacket bought... that was pretty sick, and some new shoes. Okay, I love answering questions. Thank you. What do you have anything to say about them? Well, I was gonna say what I bought, and then you said what oh, I bought. Sorry. Sorry. Um, but what I will say is I bought two things that I needed that were yeah. practical. When I and, wanted to buy a lot of other things that were not practical. And I didn't and buy my them. my parents bought a bunch of other stuff. And then we went to Home Depot. And I was going there to try and get a engine light checker. They didn't have that. But instead I bought a power washer. Like the heck is going on? Uh, <laughs> which was very expensive. Uh, but I will use it a lot for washing bikes and stuff. It's nice. It's a portable one that you can just put the hose into a bucket and it siphons it up into this like handheld battery powered power washer. So it's pretty sick, but also like, I don't regret buying it, but it was kind of a spontaneous deal. Impulse buy. Yeah. And my parents bought like a bunch of random stuff there. Dad bought a huge speaker. They bought a huge shovel, a rug, they a rug, the camper van. Like it, they were just going crazy. <laughs> I and then like every aisle we walked by, someone picked something up. Yeah, yeah, and it, it wasn't was wacky. <laughs> and then we went to AutoZone, and I bought a pretty expensive engine light checker, but it was nice. I was able to check my why my engine light was on. And it's what I thought it was, and I'm going to try and fix it myself. We'll see how that goes. What's up? Can I show my bruises to Rose? Sure. Here's one knee. Whoa. And then my other one, my other leg, which this one looks worse. Oh, dang, yeah. Can you see it? It doesn't look good. Yeah. Yeah, you can see it. One feels worse the other looks worse oh okay i got there was one point i'm gonna tell rose the story sorry um there was one point where you know the because it's like almost like were they kind of like switchbacks owen yeah they were like uh switchbacks going down a hill with like big berms yeah and so there was this one i went up to and i had already fallen a couple times and i was still pretty unsure how to turn the bike on these things even when going slow and also the bike was really heavy because it's an e-bike which didn't really help when I wanted to go slow because it was hard to control because it was super heavy and I couldn't turn the bike and I, in a, it panicked and I just went on the berm and the bike stopped and I jolted off and got like thrown onto the ground 
over the top of the berm? Yeah. No, not over the top of the berm. Like, to the side of oh. it. Oh, okay. Because it was, like, a turn, so it was, like, boom, and then I flew forward. Yeah. And then other occasions, I would walk the difficult part, but I couldn't even, like, walk it because it was so heavy. The bike is so heavy and, like, going downhill and the wet leaves. So I was, like, sliding down and falling down with the bike still. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So that was It was an adventure gnarly. for sure. Yeah. It was fun, though. The part, like, I did enjoy, I do enjoy mountain biking. Mm-hmm. However, I, obviously, it's not fun to fall. And mm-hmm. I especially get frustrated when I'm falling and I feel like I don't like not being good at things. Mm-hmm. And I don't like... I get kind of irritated with other people when I get, when I'm bad at something. Yeah. Which can be hard when you're like trying to not be annoyed with everyone, but you're like, I keep falling and everyone's like, are you good? And I'm like, no, I just fell. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm not like mad at anyone. I'm just like, I wish I wasn't so bad at this. And Apart from the whole mountain biking thing, I think it was just Bentonville in itself is a pretty cool place to be. Yeah. Did you it like was. that? Yeah, I did. I also vlogged, took some vlog footage of this weekend. I also, if you guys remember a long time ago, I said I was going to post a vlog from Trek. I finally edited that, so now it just needs to get posted, but it'll be on our YouTube channel. Owen and Jane, the, I think is what it's called. Jane and Owen. Jane and Owen. So, Owen will upload that, so you can go take a look at the Trek vlog, and then I'll edit this weekend's vlog, and you can go look at that. Yeah. And while you're at it, do yourself a favor and watch the Trek vlog from last year as well, because that is the funniest video ever. This one is good as well. It's definitely more (laughs) watchable for the average viewer, because it's way shorter. Because it's less, not as long. Yeah, the one yeah. from last year is pretty long, but like recommit if you weren't very, to that video. If you weren't very invested <laughs> in it, it would be like, why am I watching 20 minutes of this? Also, I tried to keep the actual bike stuff to a minimum because what I'll say is it's not that fun to watch when you don't know what you're looking at. Yeah. So That's I got it. just a couple action shots of Owen, but I felt like I still tried to capture the humor. That Rose yeah. enjoyed. Good. Yeah, it was good. I really liked Can't it. Can't wait. I got to upload that. Um, yeah, so that was great. And then we went to AutoZone. I spent more money there. And then we went to a barbecue place and had a birthday dinner. And it was really good. It was really so good. We, we'll have to be going back to there. Maybe if you ever make it to Kansas City, we should go there. Because that is what they're known for. It was... Uh, it, what was it? Q32? Q39? Q39. Yeah, it was elite. Um, Rose, you get a minute for life updates. Life updates. The semester officially ended on Friday. No way. Well, like classes did. Oh, okay. This is finals week right now, but I don't have any finals because I don't have any classes. So I'm just working away although i say that i actually didn't get out of bed until like 11 today so but i'm gonna try to be working this week Thumbs so that up i can that. work less so that i can work less when i'm home um over the weekend i went rock climbing with eddie it like, uh, was pretty fun 
Outdoor or indoor? Indoor. Top rope or what? Top rope. Nice. I was kind of scared. Um, but, and one time I got so scared that I didn't trust the auto belay and down climbed all the way down the wall because I was too afraid to let go. Hmm. Which apparently I was not supposed to do. Um, so sorry to that auto Why? belay that I might have messed up. Oh, because of the mechanics of it? <laughs> You're not supposed to down climb, apparently. Uh, so sorry. But I was too scared to let go. Um, I felt Look much more comfortable us. when Eddie was belaying me. Because then I could, like, see him down there holding the rope. And I would be like, okay, I'm safe. The auto belay, I'm just blind trust in that thing. And mm-hmm. I, apparently I could not. Um, I was not that good. I could do the beginner wall only. Uh, but you know what? It was fun. Yeah, so good. there you Dude, go. Dude, look at uh, look at us. Rose and I just taking on challenges like champs. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. we are. What Left a good and right. We're taking on challenges. What a wonderful um top. What a wonderful two topics to go along with the book club for this week. Recommit. That's true. That's true. I might go rock climbing again on Wednesday, so I am Let's recommitting. Go. Well, I'm. Probably not going to go mountain biking for a while, but I have decided that I will be attempting to practice it to go back to Bentonville to hopefully enjoy it more. To absolutely conquer. Because I feel like it would be enjoyable if I, I just feel like it's hard because I did not practice at all leading up to this. And the e-bike too is really tricky to get used to because it is fast. Mm-hmm. Even when you're not trying to be, it feels and it like doesn't necessarily <laughs> stop the way you want it to. So it yeah, kind of that feels would like, be so scary. I feel like it felt kind of like I was on like a motorbike on like slippery rocks going downhill. Yeah, and being like, I don't know how to do this or why I'm doing this, and th- that was the challenge. But I do feel like I could enjoy it more, so I mm-hmm. will try again. Nice, nice. <laughs> um. When do you go home, Rose, for Christmas? A week from Wednesday. Okay. Sweet. Um, weird in a bad way? You guys got anything? I'm going to think of something. I'm going to go with how the difference between Walmarts in Bentonville compared to every other Walmart in the, in the nation. Dude, it's like you're walking into three tiers above... Uh, Whole Foods in Bentonville, but then you literally go three hours north of Kansas City and they're back to an absolute zoo. Nothing against the zoo. I don't necessarily dislike the zoo uh, just because it kind of, if anything, it's, it feels humbling. Like it, we're all on the same level. We're all wiping our own butts, you know? But, um, it is weird the difference between the two, and they're like supposed to be the same thing. Weird in a bad way, what you just said. <laughs> what? Oh my God. What'd I say? I feel like there's no need to ever say <laughs> wiping our own butts on a podcast ever. <laughs> I well, hate it's just that. Like, you look at some dude who's like up on up on their own little soapbox. They're up on their little horse, and you're like, this dude thinks that they're all that. 
guess what? They're wiping their own butt too. They you know? might not be though, because they probably have a, a, a bidet. Yeah, a bidet. And they're probably because they have okay. a freaking toilet that it's, talks it's just to them a, it, okay, and shoots okay. water up their butt. So, not a great. Not it's a just great a little gamble. metaphor in my genes. All I'm saying is maybe like we all have to put one foot in front of the other. Maybe. Yeah. Or Which maybe, you can see very well at Walmart's in Kansas City. What I'll say is, too, that's fine. I feel like I prefer the nicer Walmart <laughs> because <laughs> it's less chaotic and less hard to find things and it felt, like, cleaner. Yeah. And I just prefer that. I But I do I agree that it is weird in a bad way that, like... Because you're closer to headquarters, which makes sense, but to a, de- to a degree. Because here's the thing. It wasn't just, like, the workers were better. It was the whole place was better. Like, the equipment was better. The the I shelves mean, were better. I same with Target's down here, though. No. Not yes. same with Target. No. Dude, all of the Targets in Minnesota are, like, three remodels ahead of the ones down here. But they, but some of them are remodeled down there, and it's not like the the, the stark difference was is more was yeah, more shocking. Yeah. There's more like, of a difference. What I'm saying is, it's not just like a little bit. Like, oh yeah, it makes sense. The closer you get to headquarters, the nicer they're going to be. It was like we really only want to put the the good money into these areas. Like, it was just it was it didn't even look like a Walmart. Yeah. You got anything, Rose? Auto belays? Um. No. What about, a, what about an auto bidet? Got <laughs> him. Um. Hmm. Heartburn. Oh, that's a that's good one. A, that's a good one. I had a worse. I had the worst heartburn this week on Thursday because I didn't eat anything and I was accidentally on campus until nine p.m. and apparently. If you don't eat, but your body expects a meal, it produces a bunch of stomach acid because it thinks it's going to digest some food, and then you don't give it any food, and then you get really bad heartburn, which I found out in a bad way. Dude, maybe that's why you get a lot of heartburn, Jen. I mean, not recently, but like... My body does not expect food. <laughs> Mine does. I think that it does. No. Anyways. I get really good heartburn because I have... Um... I don't know. I just feel like I have like a weak esophagus, which is why I think I always get the hiccups. Interesting. Hmm. I that could be so wrong. People yeah, like I don't, don't know even if trust any me. Of that's related, but maybe it is. <laughs> but what I'll say is, I do get heartburn as a PMS symptom now, which mm. I hate. That's bad. All right. Yeah, I'm well... also like, I'm not getting a baby out of this. Could it be more enjoyable? Like, why does it have to be? Like, it just is annoying. <laughs> because, like, think about when you're pregnant, you get, like, all these awful symptoms. But I'm, like, like getting heartburn? these symptoms. Yeah, when you're pregnant, they get you get bad yeah. heartburn, you get all these different things, but you get a baby, at least. You don't even get a baby, so it's just annoying that I still get, right. like, heartburn. And... Interesting view. <laughs> it's really a very valid view. Um, I'm parched, so I'm gonna be signing us all off so I can go get a drink. <laughs> Remember to recommit. It's not going to leave every conversation. Well, I'm parched, so I've got to go. Well, 
remember to recommit <laughs> and also remember to hydrate because it's either hydrate or dihydrate. Let's get it. I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Say goodbye, guys. Why are you guys not saying goodbye? Goodbye. Peace.